Hello and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story today, local musicians paying tribute to Bobby Dick, a legend in the area music scene who sadly passed away last week. I'm Gary Scott and today is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Other stories in the morning brief today, the 15th annual Great Upstate Boat Show, the president of Six Flags Great Escape honored as the state's outstanding tourism executive of the year, Glens Falls DPW's open spring pickup schedule for yard debris, potential plans for a regional morgue in Warren County, and the inaugural Greater Adirondack Toy and Comic Show coming to Lake George later this month. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls Today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community. And what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the greater Glens Falls area. For example, I would like to say a quick thank you to one of our community partners, Bob Fitch, your local State Farm insurance agent. With a mission of helping people manage the risks of everyday life, recover from the unexpected, and realize their dreams. Whatever your needs may be, State Farm has got you covered, and Bob Fitch is your man. And if you own a business in the area, you could advertise with us on our website, or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com, and thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. And don't forget to grab a copy of the official Glens Falls Today quarterly business report at Spot Coffee in downtown Glens Falls. It's the perfect read to go with your morning coffee. On Friday, the Adirondack Regional Chamber of Commerce opened the 15th annual Great Upstate Boat Show with a celebratory ribbon cutting. According to our own Kate Haggerty, the 75,000-square-foot Adirondack Sport Complex, also known as the Dome, was transformed into a bright and festive boat showroom. Doug and Terry Miller, the owners of the Dome, as it is fondly known, work tirelessly on all the events that they host there. This year, the Great Upstate Boat Show ran from March 31st to April 2nd. This event attracts thousands of people to the area each year and showcases the latest innovations in the boating industry at a time of year when dealer inventory is at its highest. There were over 175 boats on display and more than 1,500 boats available through dealers. Live seminars added to the festivities, as locals and tourists alike wandered the boat showroom. The three featured seminars focused on boat maintenance, safety, and water sports training. The president of Six Flags Great Escape Theme Park and Lodge Resort has been recognized as the state's outstanding tourism executive of the year. According to the Post Star, after two cancellations due to weather, Rebecca Wood was presented with the award from the New York State Hospitality and Tourism Association in an award ceremony at the Great Escape Lodge. The Tourism Executive of the Year Award is part of the Hospitality and Tourism Association's annual Stars of the Industry program, which the organization said celebrates the exemplary professionalism and exceptional service of individuals in the hospitality and tourism industry. Woods Award recognizes an executive who has demonstrated outstanding contributions of leadership and service to the industry and to their community. In a news release, Hospitality and Tourism Association President Mark Dorr said, quote, Every year, the state's hospitality and tourism industry nominates its most outstanding individuals. After reviewing all the nominations submitted, the judges agreed that Rebecca Wood was the best of the best. She is a star in every sense of the word and a shining example of what New York State hospitality and tourism is all about. 
New York State Hospitality and Tourism Association is the country's oldest state lodging association and offers programs and services to the statewide hospitality and tourism industry. The association's mission is to lead and protect the state's hospitality and tourism industry by providing advocacy, education, and resources. Now, before we get to our top story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we strive to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. Several local musicians took to Facebook last week to pay tribute to longtime local rocker Bobby Dick, both through their words and by posting pictures of Bobby with stars like Jimi Hendrix and Elvis. Arguably the area's most notable musician, the Postar reports Bobby Dick flirted with major fame in the 60s with opening performances for mega bands like the Rolling Stones and The Who. Bobby sadly passed away last Monday at age 76 following a battle with cancer. Matt LaFarre, a regular on the Hudson Falls Strand Theater stage and a veteran local rocker, wrote, quote, He entertained the masses near and far for countless decades and rubbed elbows with some of rock and roll's most historical figures back in the day. As a young musician, LaFarre said he was intimidated by Bobby Dick, only to become friends with him later in life. He said he later realized how silly that was because Bobby, quote, was the nicest and most engaging guy you'd ever want to meet with tons of stories to tell. Joe DeFelice, another veteran of the local music scene, told of a late-night encounter with a group of musicians at Denny's. He said Bobby came over to their table and sat down with them, telling stories of being on the road with the Monkees, the Who, and Jimi Hendrix, meeting Elvis, and what the music business was like all those years ago. DeFelice said they all sat there until the sun came up. Phil Camp, who played with Bobby in a later version of his Sundowners band, wrote how much he learned about the music business from his time with Bobby Dick. He thanked him for allowing him to play with and learn from him, and said the area had lost a legend. All of the local musicians posting tributes spoke about how good Bobby Dick and the Sundowners sounded live, which they all know is no easy task. Steve Silverman said he first saw Bobby Dick play in 1966 at Lorenzo's in Schenectady, and he wrote in an email that he had no idea at the time how big the band would get. He told of a 1967 picture Bobby showed him of the marquee at the historic Fillmore East venue in New York City that had the Who on top, with the Sundowners right below, even above the Strawberry Alarm Clock, which at the time had the number one hit in the country with Incense and Peppermints. Silverman wrote, quote, I was in three bands over 20 years and none ever sounded as good as Bobby Dick and the Sundowners. Not even close. Bobby Dick was interviewed in 2013 by the Post Star when he was running for a seat on the Moreau Town Board. He ended up losing the election, but during the interview he offered up some stories of the big-name musicians he had met. He also spoke about his relatively new-at-the-time local act, singing to backing tracks with his wife Susie. He said some area musicians and fans were balking at it, but he was having fun, and because he was a bass player and not really a guitar player, he felt that it suited him better. I agree, bass is way more fun than guitar. The Postar reports Glens Falls drummer Jim Wilcox, who played with the Sundowners for about 25 years after stints with Blue Oyster Cult and Rick Derringer, reminisced about Bobby Dick and talked about how he was the ultimate showman both on and off the stage. Wilcox played with the Sundowners from 1987 on, long after Bobby's brush with legendary fame, but probably during the band's most prolific time, sometimes playing a few weddings in a single weekend. Wilcox said he saw Bobby in hospice care about a week before he died, 
and although he wasn't in great shape, he sang a duet with his wife called Lucky. Bobby's wife Susie fondly recalled Wilcox's visit and confirmed that her husband was still singing in his final days, though she said he was telling his 80-year-old cousin to enunciate better and telling his son to change keys. Susie, like all the other local musicians, also talked about how great the Sundowner sounded live, and said at an event in Massachusetts a decade ago, people were telling her that they sounded better live than the Beatles. She said it was an honor to sing alongside him in his later years, and that he taught her so much. But aside from his musical talent, Susie said her husband had a huge heart and made so many friends over the years as a result. Among the Rust in Peace messages and stories about their near-famous friend and local legend, many local musicians who looked up to him shared a common source of respect for Bobby Dick as the guy who got to hang out with some of their musical heroes. As Matt LaFarre put it, quote, He did all the cool things that the rest of us just dreamed about doing. The Glens Falls DPW has announced spring open pickup for city residents' yard debris will begin next Monday, April 10th, and end on Friday, May 26th. DPW will begin pickups in Ward 3, then proceed through Wards 2, 1, 4, and 5 before looping through once again. DPW Superintendent Tom Gerard reminds residents to not mix topsoil, sod, trash, or heavy materials in with leaves and other yard trimmings. He also said residents will need to make sure all brush is separate, piled in one direction, and to be aware that all grass clippings must be bagged. The city does not provide pickup services for major clearing operations or to commercial establishments. And once the spring open pickup schedule ends, the DPW will begin their weekly seasonal yard debris schedule, Ward 3 on Tuesdays, Ward 2 on Wednesdays, Wards 4 and 5 on Thursdays, and Ward 1 on Fridays. Warren County officials are moving forward with their proposed initiative to establish a regional morgue likely to be situated at the County Municipal Center in Queensbury. According to Sun Community News, Warren County Public Works Superintendent Kevin Hajos told county supervisors that he was taking steps toward commissioning a feasibility study for a regional morgue that would provide autopsies and other related services for at least a half dozen neighboring counties. Hajos said a regional morgue based in Warren County could provide autopsies and forensic postmortem examinations for Essex, Clinton, Washington, Rensselaer, Hamilton, Saratoga, and Schenectady counties. Workers have nearly finished demolishing the interior of the former county jail, the county's intended site for the regional morgue. At a county facilities committee meeting held on March 23rd, Hajos told the county supervisors that he was sending out letters to various consulting engineers detailing expectations for such a feasibility study, which would include conceptual plans for how the old jail could be retrofitted as a regional morgue. Board of Supervisors Chairman Kevin Garrity asked Hajos if the engineering consultants had expertise in determining how large a morgue was needed, and Hajos answered affirmatively, adding that he had already held preliminary talks with leaders of neighboring counties. Hajos said they told him how many autopsies their respective counties conduct per year, citing numbers totaling more than 700 for six of the above counties. The initiative to establish a regional morgue was prompted in November 2018, when Albany Medical Center more than doubled the price of their postmortem examinations from $860 to $2,000 per autopsy, impacting the annual budgets of 22 county governments in eastern New York State. The initiative was deemed even more important beginning in October 2021, when area hospitals prohibited medical examiners who were not vaccinated for COVID-19 from conducting autopsies in their facilities, causing counties in the region to transport cadavers long distances for postmortem examinations. 
Area officials have said substantial demand exists for such services in eastern New York. Hajo said Rensselaer County, for instance, was now having their autopsies conducted in Dutchess County, necessitating frequent round trips of 180-plus miles. Hajo said Warren County leaders would be reviewing the engineering firm's proposals this month, as well as discussing the equipping and staffing needs of a regional morgue, and the potential for the facility's use as a training facility for medical examiners, pathologists, and others involved in postmortem examinations. Garrity said he would be talking with area county leaders, attending an upcoming meeting of the Adirondack Association of Towns and Villages, about their needs for autopsy services. And finally, the inaugural Greater Adirondack Toy and Comic Show is coming to the Lake George Holiday Inn on Sunday, April 30th. News 10 reports the show is set to feature dealers offering vintage toys, comics, and collectibles from the 1980s and 90s, everything from Marvel and DC to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers. And the show even has its own guest of honor. Fans of the original G.I. Joe cartoon will get the special opportunity to meet actress Lisa Raggio, voice of the character Zorana. Convention organizer Harry Townsend said, quote, I said I'd do something small, and the guest sort of just happened. She was someone I always wished they had at G.I. Joe conventions in the past, and they never got her. I jumped at the chance. She's never really done any kind of show before. The Greater Adirondack Toy and Comic Show will be Townsend's first time behind the wheel of a geek pop culture convention, but far from his first at the rodeo. He spent a decade working for a company that collaborated with Hasbro, owner of the G.I. Joe and Transformers brands, on official toy shows. These days, Townsend is the food and beverage manager for the Lake George Holiday Inn, where management brought the idea of the show to him. He says that so far, planning Lake George's first comic and toy convention has been a positive experience. Early worries about getting enough vendors were quickly dashed, and word has spread quickly about Rajo's involvement. And News 10 reports this show isn't the only pocket of nerd culture in the North Country and Capital Region. Saratoga Comic Con and Albany Comic Con have both grown steadily over the years, in Glens Falls, Adirondacon is making a name for itself as a regional tabletop event, and SUNY Adirondack is set to host its inaugural Retro Nerd Fest this month, and I'm involved with that one, so you should definitely check it out. Townsend says that collectors with nostalgia for decades past are certainly one target audience for the show, but not the only one. He has memories of bringing his own son, now 19, to conventions when he was younger, and hopes that other families approach the show the same way. A chance for parents to show their kids how far back the world of toys, comics, and entertainment goes. The Greater Adirondack Toy and Comic Show runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on April 30th at the Holiday Inn, located at 2223 Route 9 in Lake George. Tickets are $5 with $40 dealer admission while spots last. That is all I've got for the morning brief today. Again, I'm Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for the morning brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area. So if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.